Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Montgomery, Tim Bat here, just checking in uh, to see how you found one of the last Emmanuel films that we're ever going to watch, which is actually the first one that we should have watched in this Emmanuel Through Time series. This film does a great job of setting up some of the circumstances and characters contained in films we've already watched, and for that, I admire us. Uh we watched Emmanuel through time, Emmanuel's Skin City, and um, Skin City is a play on Sin City, which represents Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm. And I, I, uh, well, truth be told, Tim, I didn't hate it. I got yeah. confused as I, I always do, but I um, didn't hate it either. I thought this was a good one. They always put a lot of effort into the first one of a series, and then it really like tapers off as they go along. It's the sort of you know pornographic televisual equivalent of showing up early for your first two weeks of work at a new job, yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, that Tim Bat's never late," and then you've just got license to show up whenever you please. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put all of your eggs into the um, storytelling basket of the first film in a seven sort of part franchise or series, you're in the trust of your audience. But, you know, I guess the filmmakers didn't account for a couple of audience members sneaking into the seventh installment of Emmanuel's uh, through time and, you know, and then watching the fourth installment and then watching the first installment. And that's well, what we've done. And. Just in case there was there was even a skerrick of lingering doubt as to where this particular one came in the franchise, I've I, I I'm late to the record today, and uh, so guy watched it a, a little about an hour ago, or so he finished, and I'm just on the very final uh, sort of frame of the end credits, and it well, says the, 
You have just watched episode number one of seven, whether you like it or not. You oh, know what? I did. I like that tone. I also like that this movie, I don't know that they carried it on in later installments of Emmanuel Through Time, but it's done something that we've speculated would be a good idea for a long time, which is to include bloopers almost. They're not even really bloopers. They're more like um, bonus scenes. or yeah, like stuff that didn't make the cut. It's but like... Emmanuel, it's content that mm. would live on Emmanuel.tv, but obviously got scrapped from the, um, you know, the feature film for runtime. And so yeah. they just do the classic thing where they box them in and they run side by side to the credits. And there are some good laughs in there. Speaking of runtime, was this movie quite long? It felt super long to me. No, all, the, as a rule, these Emmanuel through time films are all roughly 90 minutes. I think this one was 87 minutes. You're right. You did right. Felt longer. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's, it suffered from the same thing as other ones, which is it's, so they're so clear in establishing everything at the start. You've got mm. Emmanuel and some unknown wealthy sort of sugar daddy driving through the desert, cutting through America in a beautiful car. She's blindfolded. He's in charge. She's saying, where are we going? He's saying, don't worry. She reclines her seat and starts masturbating. He maybe pulls over. Tickles her with a feather, my man. Tickles her vagina with a feather. The old tried and true. Uh, Eventually, they arrive in Las Vegas, and he reveals what they have driven there for, and it's not just a trip to Sin City itself. Oh, no. He has bought... For Emmanuel, her very own environmentally friendly blimp. For her birthday. For her birthday. And he then proceeds. That they're, they're flying in the blimp before he reveals that he got her a blimp. Not just any blimp. A blimp with a see-through floor, which is a genius design decision. Yes. Because when you're that high in the air and you're in an airship, you do want to see what's underneath you. It would be a nightmare to keep clean. But I think it would be worth it. Dude, I couldn't agree more. And what better advertisement for having an observation deck on all aviation, you know, triumphs than watching Emmanuel have cunnilingus performed on her Mm. immediately. He's like, I got you a blimp. This is the observation deck. It's eco-friendly. Can I eat your pussy, please? It rules. It's a hot sex scene. The dude is smoking hot. You like him? Yeah, he's a bit sort of he's a bit uh, traditional sort of jock for my tastes, but I um, liked him. He was likable. Was... Can I just ask him? Have you got much experience with observation decks or glass floors? Have you been up the Sky Tower? I have been up the Sky Tower. And do you remember there are those there are those like there's that glass? You know, there are parts of it where the floor is glass, and so you mm. can stand on the glass and look down between your feet, and you actually can see through the floor all the way down to the ground. Do you remember yeah. that? I get quite bad vertigo with those sorts of situations, so I don't, I don't love them. No, you're not a do, big heights guy. Not a big heights guy. I want to do one of those uh, VR experiences that they've got in some arcades now, where you put on a headset and then you have to walk a plank, and you're you're massively high in the air. Have you heard of these guy? No, no this sounds that sounds fun. I've had some friends who have done it and have been physically incapable of walking along the plank, even though like. Everything in their rational brain knows that they're wearing a headset. They cannot force their body to make these moves because of how convincing the stimulus is. Mm. So you're not a big heights guy? I don't love heights, 
Um, I'll <sighs> tolerate them. I went skydiving once, but I'll no. never do it again. Have you been bungee? Never been bungee. Will you go what about bungee? you, guy? What are you, what's your relationship to? You heights? go bungee? Would you go bungee? Uh, yeah, I reckon I'd do it. Yeah, why not? Everything once, same. Yeah, totally. I uh, I love them. I love heights. I get a real kick out of it. I get adrenalized, and um, obviously, you know, I I I'm not totally immune to the fears created by being up high. But um, actually, can I t- can I tell you a quick anecdote? I wish you would. Which I think I actually might have shared this on the podcast at some point anyway. So um, deal with it is what I would say to that. <laughs> but I used to truly have... the podcast listener at this point is family, where <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, just having to tolerate you know when, the same. You know old when stories. you're out for a meal with a family member or someone, and then they start telling a story that you've heard many times, and no one else at the table has. And instead of saying anything, you just go, "Yeah, yeah, you tell the story." <laughs> well, tell me if this sounds familiar to you, guy. But uh, when I lived in Sydney briefly. With my friend Nick. Up until that point, I had no issue with heights whatsoever, like none. And then we went to the Royal Sydney Easter Show in 2008, Mm. and we got on a carnival ride, which was Mm. sort of an octopus shape, constructed of metal, operated by uh, someone who I wouldn't on site attribute to prioritizing safety um, or machine maintenance. And you surely, s- surely the ride operator is not responsible for maintenance at these things. I think that's probably the case. A lot of cost cutting going on. I think these people wear a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that the ride works is that you get put on a harness, like you get on a roller coaster. You know when you sit down a roller coaster and the thing comes over your head and locks you in around yeah, your yeah. chest. I know the feeling. So we've got the roller coaster harness locking you in, but there's no other bit to it. There's no seat. So it's, it just harnesses you in, locks you in around your chest, and then picks you up. What, what are your legs doing? They're just totally I, free. From memory, there might be like a very tiny, minimal kind of place where your butt is seated. But is there anything ma- that goes up between your thighs? No, I don't think so. You're kind of just da- – the main thing is you're dangling. You're really dangling right. out there. So this ride kicks off and it starts off and it's quite fun. And there's about, I would say, somewhere between 12 and 16 people on the ride at any given time because of all the different arms yeah. that come off of it. And it starts very fun and it's going around and it's got these sort of different points of articulation making it quite interesting. But then it starts – speeding up quite dramatically and it's able to pull off a maneuver where it will pick you up in the arm and fling you towards the ground at pace (laughs) so it looks like you're going to hit it and myself and my friend Nick and Nick's a brave boy he was in the army at one point briefly things don't really get to Nick he started screaming for his life because he's a good deal taller than me. And quite rightly, I thought my legs were going to get taken off because of the speed and the tiny clearance that you get whipping around this machine of uh, you interacting with the other metal arms that are on there. And it just kept going faster and faster, (laughs) and it felt like it was speeding up to no end, and it just kept flinging you towards the ground and then pulling you up at the very last moment. Of course... We get off the ride terrified. <laughs> like, we are completely traumatized by this. 
And we go on a Ferris wheel ride afterwards to try and calm our nerves a little bit. And even being on a Ferris wheel, and I did not anticipate this whatsoever because I never formally had any issue with heights. But when we got up to the top Informally you had. Eh? Yeah, and casually, (laughs) colloquially. Uh, We got up to the top part of the Ferris wheel, and even that was enough to make both of us very nervous and skittish. And I inherited a fear of flying for about four to five years after being on that ride. Yeah, it took a long time to subside. That is why you go on sort of these uh, thrill-seeking adventure park rides only at premium, like only at purpose-built year-round operators. And even then, I mean, there's an element of risk. Yeah. But I... Because, the, yeah, the thrill of looking like you're about to hit the ground, obviously that is, I suppose, intrinsically part of the charm of it. But because you so. haven't been told like, hey, so you know it's going to feel like this, but your leg's going to be okay. There's also an element of I think it was designed for children and uh, we were adults. Because I, I had a not incredibly similar, but I remember going on a roller coaster. I can't actually remember where, but I remember – Part of it was like you do a very, very fast drop down and then you go through like a tunnel. So there's like a chute. I remember as I was going down and seeing the top of the tunnel and I was like, my head's going to hit the top of that. You know, this is going to create a real problem for me. (laughs) So you're going really fast and I'm like trying to push my head down and my neck down against the G-force to like avoid clipping my head. But of course, my head's not going to bang onto it. But I couldn't ride roller coasters for the rest of the day. And to... I love riding roller coasters oh, man. because I just I again didn't trust the mechanics of the um of the ride. But I I don't I don't have any uh, long standing effects from that experience. You, was that at a Six Flags? Have you been to a Six Six? Flags? Yeah, yeah, I have, and it, it, it might have been. It might have been like the first time I went to America. America I went to um, Los Angeles with with my family, and uh, we we went to a Six Flags. It's pretty sick. And then the the last time I went to a Six Flags, I actually I was in Los Angeles by myself, and I drove out there on a Tuesday morning, regular you know school hours, and um, there were probably no more than fifty people in the entire theme park, and I <laughs> rode every single roller coaster once, and took quite meticulous notes about what I enjoyed, and then I rode the ones I really liked three more times each. Awesome. All while becoming increasingly stoned thanks to the incredible marijuana legalization laws that apply in California. The only time I spoke to another person when I was there was when I got them to take a photo of me next to a giant anthropomorphized (laughs) jelly belly that was sitting on a park bench. (laughs) Fantastic. That sounds like a real day for the books. And it was. And it just goes to show how effective the marijuana legalization campaign that Emmanuel waged in this movie was on the state of California. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they tied that into the film. And again, shout out to the credit sequence in this film because at the in the credits, while they're running through the, you know, the people who made this movie what it was and then also the deleted scenes, they have this sort of classic, the story, names and characters and incidents portrayed in this production were fictitious, no identifications with actual persons, blah, blah, blah. But then beneath that, because obviously this film represents time travel, and there was a there's a great moment in it where there's like a woman who's not Emmanuel, but she's got a slot on Emmanuel.tv, and she's basically like, cigarettes are bad, but marijuana, that stuff's great. And then she smokes a marijuana cigarette with her vagina. Mm-hmm. 
So at the end of the movie, just as a disclaimer, or maybe it's a gag for people who are sticking around to watch the credits, they wrote, all time travel was performed by professionals and should not be attempted at home while intoxicated or high on medical marijuana. No Emmanuels were grievously harmed during the making of this film. Which is so great because we are sort of dealing with, it's not really a time travel movie, but it's like a parallel universes approach uh, to sci-fi that, movie. That's where it became confusing to me. Everything well, was la- we, laid out so clearly at the top. Let, let's let's try and unpack the thing, shall we? Let's try and get in in this our fourteenth minute on the episode. Uh, what actually fucking happened in this Emmanuel movie that we watched? If you insist, we've set so, up the top. We've got the hottie. We've got the gift of a blimp. The gift that keeps on giving. We've got the see-through observation de- uh, deck. Then, um, it ca- the, the blimp, blimp also comes to it land comes, in Las Vegas. Yeah, but not before. Like the blimp, uh, it's not just a fuck palace for Emmanuel and her handsome, muscle-bound lover. It's also a portable television studio where users like it's quite for 2011. I suppose they're aping YouTube somewhat, but. It's pretty like forward thinking. It's like basically we roam around the world. I've got incredible access to satellites and users submit videos of them having sex that I can then broadcast to try and encourage eroticism from all all, all comers and all parts. And uh, the the um, the blimp comes complete with like a production team. A crew. A, a crew. We've Emmanuel runs Gwen, through. The she anally r- retentive production manager. That's right. We've got Jack. The charismatic host and presenter of all of the shows. We have got Renee, the crew member tasked with having sex with the clients in a cyberdome, which is a virtual reality environment that basically is ripping off the hollow deck in Star Trek. Yeah. You've got um Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Playing, the editor. Yeah, some sort of like gruff, disinterested editor. With uh, a British accent in one of the alternative realities for no reason and zero payoff. No reason. I think they wanted to advertise his incredible accent work. That really made me sit up in my seat. I was like, wow, Ron <laughs> Jeremy sounds different. I only knew that he was trying to do a British accent because he said he wanted a cup of tea. Like That was the only <laughs> clue I could get to the nationality he so the, the old techniques of accent work. What That's actually a level... Higher than my favorite one, which is saying the thing or person you are. Yeah. Oh, I'm British. Hi, I'm Steve Jobs. This is an iPhone. Yeah. And this is a piece of fruit. So then Emmanuel gets uh, blow darted in the neck when she's in Vegas. Yeah. So she's got a television studio. She's got her production crew. They're still going to Las Vegas. I. for reasons that aren't clear, I think they're just going to have a good time. And the blimp lands. She steps off the blimp. And as Tim says, two of the weaker actors in the entire movie who represent government agent, like government suits, you know. Just like, loose three-letter agency federal yeah. people. Uh, yeah, they blow dart her in the neck. And it's not clear why. And it feels slightly sinister. And then... I and, think, don't they... Um, they're, uh, so this is when she meets Colonel Sanders. Yes. Colonel Sanders comes in and is like, are you ready to save the world? And she's like, are you saying someone's trying to destroy the world? And he says, always. Uh, great. Great Dialogue. little t like there. It was good. But then I kind of um, didn't 
understand who was threatening the world after that exchange? Everyone, always. Uh, there's no greater threat to the world, Tim, than non-eco-friendly blimps. And the US government need Emmanuel and her incredible solar-powered blimp to travel through wormholes in the space-time continuum. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we also need to talk, because this is the introduction of the fuck generator. Yeah. Which is crewed by its own scientists who are well, also Well, it's, it's crewed by any standards, actually, Tim. I, I found the whole thing to be frankly repulsive. Um, I actually got a little bit lost <laughs> in amongst the functionality of the sexy generator. So perhaps you could hold my hand and explain some of the more sci-fi tech-heavy elements of how exactly you thought that thing worked. They got a bunch of colourful flashing lights and they strapped it to a cylinder and then they said, this is the generator. you got to fuck around it and when you do, we travel. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good and simple rule. Basically, mm. you put some halogen lights on a big piece of metal and you encourage anyone who comes into the room to have sex near it with the promise of uh, either like splitting your reality or possibly time traveling through a wormhole. And it, yeah. it becomes more confusing because Emmanuel does both, kind of. She travels to, I think, a parallel universe where there. Um, but well, I, don't, I feel like I'm skipping over stuff now, but it's so inconsequential that I, I don't even know what I'm skipping over. But she ends up in an alternate version of Las Vegas and planet Earth where Emmanuel is a global megastar. Yeah. Where there is like everything is Emmanuel branded. There's we see, and they make the ads and just put them in the movie for like um cologne for men, perfume for women, um shit. What are all the products? Grope that, soap or, makes or, its oh, first gro- appearance. Oh, grope soap. There's a bunch of movies. Like they have uh, sort of short promo trailers for a bunch of made up but some then, this is the confusing thing. Some of the Emmanuels that feature in there are ones that they've done. Yes. And they talk about um uh Sylvia Christel. S- Sylvia Christel Ng? Krista Allen, I they, think as well. They honor like so many actual Emmanuel films and actors who have actually played Emmanuel. And this is coming through like this is like imagine walking down the Las Vegas strip and every billboard, every building, everything is to honor one person. And you are that person, and the billboards are playing ads for people who have previously portrayed that person. It's like Beyonce. It's like, what if Emmanuel was Beyonce? But before Beyonce, there was also another Beyonce played by, like, it's, it represents the idea that Beyonce is timeless. Like, Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, there's yeah, only yeah. one. Okay, Be- all right. I guess. Imagine if Emmanuel was the Dalai Lama. It's more like Emmanuel is James Bond. Yeah, okay. That's probably true. And explicitly what they say in the movie. (laughs) Yes. Which was Um, for this conversation exactly. But yeah, basically she's walking through Las Vegas and Emmanuel is super famous and she finds, this is, I'm just going to insert it here because I have to say it while I remember it and it was my shining light, in a car park after she's like come out from her drugged stupor from being tranquilized and she's sort of like she I think had an orgasm next to the generator and then travels through, you know, time and is is now in this weird bizarro Las Vegas where Emmanuel is everywhere. I mean, she, I just gotta say, guy, it's not necessarily a time travel thing, it's just parallel universes. Okay. Thank you. 
Um, well, she, she winds up in some sort of car park outside what looks like a 7-Eleven or some sort of very shit strip mall. And she's sort of confused and she sees a guy in the car park and she's like, hey, can you help me? Two two men in suits um, tranquilized me and I, I think they're trying to hurt me and I don't know where I am. And the guy's like, man, you women are worse than those Fort Lauderdale spring breakers. I hate this. I'm going back to Florida. And just running into Emmanuel, who is slightly disoriented, has ruined this guy. Like, this guy's traveled from Florida to Las Vegas. And just running into a very friendly woman who's slightly confused. He's like, oh, I cannot stomach any more of this debauchery. I this must return home. Great performance. She clearly, she's great just moment. reaching out for some help as well, poor lady. I know. The poor lady Emmanuel. Truly. There's lots of made-up films, lots of made-up Emmanuels that they feature. There's uh, Emmanuel on Elm Street, which is one I would love to see. What were some of the other ones? Because um, I, I was sort of watching them, and at first I was like, wow, we've missed some Emmanuels. But then they had so many obvious gag ones. It's like, wow, they're mixing fact with fiction and trying yeah. to disorient us specifically. Like, who else was, could they be trying to confuse but you and I? That was that was for Tim and Guy. They put that one in there for Tim and Guy. I'm actually I might crack I might oh god. This is the thing about this movie and the method in which we're watching it. I'm trying to um it, it's impossible. So the thing yeah. with these websites my, my computer becomes hotter and slower with every single Emmanuel film it's I It's a watch. good sign. It means it's working. Um these websites that host the Emmanuel films, some of them that we watch. Uh, they have a, an interesting style of video player where it's a, it works a little bit differently to your normal YouTube player. You click it, and then uh, about four times out of five, that will trigger a pop-up for a casino online to be presented to you, and then about 20% of the time you'll get the movie. But once the movie starts, the controls disappear. Yeah. So you cannot pause it, uh, you cannot adjust the volume, you cannot scrub the timeline whatsoever it's quite it's good it really forces your hand it's pretty yeah, it much does. saying you want to watch this okay watch it and the website that we watched the film on today is the brilliantly titled daftsex.com or whatever the, the end of the url is but some mm. of the sex was outright daft tim how it did was, you find this was... in terms of eroticism i feel like we've gone quite plot heavy with her explanation how horny sure. did this movie make you or I thought hypothetically this... could it make one who is trying to masturbate i thought that this was a good film for sex i thought there was good uh real sex with hot people and um this is what you want in a porno uh we had real sex with emmanuel and blimp boy the rich guy at the start mm-hmm um, there's a pretty steamy scene where Jack, this sort of very cheesy game show host style presenter of all the Emmanuel.tv shows, attempts unsuccessfully to have a threesome with two women. And then Boner Emmanuel... Inspector! Oh, fuck. Boner Inspector! Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tim. Hello, Boner Inspector. My, my, my. Hasn't it been a while? Yeah. What have you been doing, man? Well... After I got kicked out of the podcast, I went and took a good, long, hard look at myself. And I loved it. Sometimes the bony you're looking for is right in front of you the whole time. Oh, wow. That sounds very positive. Did you... Estimate your completion? Oh, yeah. Did you do that? Yes. How long had it been? Many years. Oh, wow. Really? Mm. Shit. You were like a bulldog who hasn't been fixed. I came so hard I lost 15 kilograms. That is disgusting to think about the mechanics of. And so then you- I got admitted to a hospital and um, it wasn't just to come. It turns out I also had dysentery. Oh, man. Yeah. So you just lost a lot of fluid. Huge amount of fluid. But I'm better now. I've got my clipboard. I'm wearing a nice lab coat. Sounds like a real fucked up cleanse that you've been on. Sort of a detox. Well, it's good to take time out from work. It really gives you perspective. You know, sometimes you spend so long looking for other people's boners, you forget to um tend to the boner you have. Mm. I don't know a lot about dysentery, but it does seem very uh, bad. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Okay, so um, Boner Inspector, I know why you're here. You're always here to check on me and my friend Guy who um, have relegated ourselves to watching about 40-something pornos in the Emmanuel series. Traditionally, yes. Oh, have you changed it? Well, hold on, let me get to the end of the sentence. And observing whether or not the film of the week got us erect. That is my purpose. That is my passion. But I realized that as the years worn on and the movies have piled up on top of one another, not only were you not getting bonus, but I was probably becoming more aggressive or sort of wrong-headed in my approach of talking to you and um, asking what could be reasonably expected of, of a man I, I only really barely know. So I've come uh, hat in hand and... Ha- other hand extended, um, asking for forgiveness. Oh, wow. This is a real turn. I would, um, 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I sort of would like to know what you're apologising for explicitly. I feel like that's part Any of the process. Any upset or discomfort I might have caused in my um, capacity as the boner inspector. Boner inspector, it takes a big man to go to work every day with the difficult task of looking at people's genitals and assessing whether or not they have been physiologically in a state of arousal. Thank you. You do that. That's your job. It is your vocation. It is your reason d'etre. It's all I know. And I've got a lot of respect for a man who wanders this earth, duty-bound, fulfilling his purpose, whatever it is, day in, day out. Thank you. I understand that um, the work can be difficult, and we all have observed observed you getting increasingly uh, agitated and aggressive, as you have alluded to just now. Mm. And it takes a big man to take a look at himself and after years without coming, masturbate to completion, (laughs) get dysentery, lose 15 kg of fluid, rehydrate at a hospital, come back and offer up some sort of uh, palm leaf. Well, olive branch, I think is what I was going for there. Both. And I very graciously accept your apology and, and I thank you for offering it. And uh, this this has done nothing but strengthen our relationship and hopefully your resolve and the, the purpose that you have. Thanks, Tim. Now, would you mind showing me your cock? Surely not. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's how this worked before. It was more of sort of an oral examination. By which I mean I would tell you, <laughs> not the other kind. And Okay, a, you've seen through me. I thought fit. I'd try and catch you off guard in a moment of vulnerability, but no, I suppose I shall use my traditional methods. I, I respect the hustle. I respect you seeing an opportunity and diving at it. Tim or Guy, did either of you achieve even the whisper of an erection during your mm. screening of Emmanuel Through Time, Emmanuel Skin City? I'm sorry to say I did not. Um, But again, I feel like under different circumstances, perhaps it could have been a possibility. I'm sorry to say that I also... Not the furthest I've been, but certainly like at no point was I like... There was nothing to suggest that I was going to even become turgid. Oh, I love that word. Well, I suppose it's... Back to beating the pavement, clipboard in hand. All right, boner. Trying to abide traditional boundaries of normalcy and acceptability. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, good. It's nice to see you. Good luck. And I, I, you know, it's interesting. I feel like you still have a pep in your step, but you you appear to be a a more rounded and emotionally intelligent man. So I wish you nothing but the best. Cheerio. What a guy. Nice to have him back. Mm. It is nice to have him back. And personal reflection and growth is something that we try to foster on this podcast, so it's lovely to see our contributors adopt that mentality as well. A little bit sinister when he asked to see your cock, I thought. Hey, can't blame a guy for trying, can (laughs) you? Yeah, yeah. Ain't that the truth? Now, I've got a question for you, Tim, and feel free to to ignore it. 
But um, we did. We've done. We've this is the second uh, film we've watched since you became a pa- a father. Mm-hmm. And um, I I I I'm trying to think of a sort of quippy title for it. I don't know what the childcare split is. I know that you and Zoe are both uh, brilliant and you know active people with lives to live and a a child to share between you while we have this lockdown and and beyond. But was there any um, pornographic parenting? No, no, that's not right. Uh, no, I locked myself away so that okay. my family were not exposed to the dastardly okay. deeds I must put myself through. Thank you, because I, I couldn't figure out a way to phrase it, and um, you've answered the question that I was driving towards. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, on first blush, uh, some listeners may be disappointed to hear that I'm not watching pornos um, with my son, (laughs) but um, I think it's one of those things where if you think about it for even 10 more seconds, you go, you know what, maybe that's for the best. You know what I'm excited for? What's that, mate? 16 years from now, Mm -hmm. when finally it will be legal and socially acceptable for father and son, in this instance, on this timeline, to watch a pornographic film together. You think that's the direction society's taking? You think that's what we're all driving toward? No, I'm just... Uh, I'm it's just, a very funny goal, isn't it? I'm just... Steering that <laughs> down the barrel of complete ecological annihilation and we're like, you know what needs to change? The acceptability of a man and his boy to sit down and watch an adult film together. I, I, I'm imagining that you watch it together in the same way that you and I watch it together, which is not um, to derive eroticism, mostly just that you can. It, Guy, nobody is watching porno in the same way that you and I are watching porno. We have created an entire context all our own. <laughs> no one is doing it the way we're doing it. No one is doing it for the reason we're doing it. <laughs> oh, wow. I like that. Do you know what? That's something that I needed to hear and has... Um, most qualified the last yeah. year or so. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't we it? We are a rule unto ourselves. No one watches porn like us. That's right. We're the only ones doing it. I really liked Renee again, who's the very oh. upbeat woman who's just down to fuck all the time. Why and they you, had a Why don't you fucking f- marry her, man? You love a, this a fan- woman. A fantastic play on this character where they went to the alternate timeline where a man this is another fucked thing so i i just watched um primer again recently that movie that they made us watch in the patreon deciders club like three years ago oh is that that super super dense time travel we, movie we watched it half at a house and then half while we were driving to um, yeah El which Segundo. was so stupid because like even giving that movie my full attention for Either the third or fourth time I've watched it, I still understand maybe 6% of the plot. It is so confusing, but I love it so much. Did you watch that today? Uh, The night before last. Yeah. Been watching a lot of movies, Guy, for leisure. I like that. I watched a movie for leisure last night. Can you name it? Kajillionaire. I haven't even heard of that. It was released, it? I think, last year, written and directed by Miranda July. Okay. It was, it's an interesting, it's quite an adventurous film, or at least, I don't know, to my limited palette, but I enjoyed Very it. Good. Uh, well, we're not here to talk about other films. I agree. We can acknowledge that they exist, however. 
these are the rules I've made up right here and now. I like the rules. In this reality where they do the parallel universe jumping, the other Emmanuel is still there. So this the, the home home world, home girl Emmanuel, who is the star of all of these myriad franchises and IP opportunities and perfume lines and bags and movies we've never seen and will never see, worshipped as a god. She's in the middle of putting on a show, Emmanuel de Soleil. No, Cirque. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, is it there or is it Cirque de Emmanuel? It's one or the other. I feel like it would have to be Cirque du Emmanuel, just yeah, for grammatically, for, for grammatical and yeah, language reasons. Yes, um, she's doing that and and gets a brainstorm and rings Ron Jeremy that they're gonna. I think the latest idea is they're gonna introduce a range of silks. Yeah, based on her doing the show, and she's very taken with the talented performers in um, Cirque du Emmanuel, which is pretty cool. But that's when the Emmanuel we know is with Ron Jeremy um, because she's traveled through the wormhole and goes there and it's all <laughs> real confusing. Deeply. But I wonder if it's one of those situations where, like in Primer, if you kind of meet yourself in the parallel universe, you got to fucking take her out. Like there can be only one. Highlander rules. That kind of feels like the... I mean, I I would not be able to really take that approach. As I think we've established, my approach would be to fuck myself as opposed to kill myself. Mm-hmm. But um, I can see the logic of being like, okay, we know about each other. Only one of us can go on, you know, elimination. Um, what would- How would you kill yourself, Guy, if it came down to it? You get put into a scenario where there is another guy, Montgomery, who is very similar to you. You don't know what the differences are, so you've got to assume he's identical in every way. If he's similar to me, he uh, he probably likes heights. So I'd take up the Sky Tower, offer to pay for the um, that sort of jump off the Sky Tower experience. So smart. And then um, I wouldn't fasten the harness correctly. Good man. Yeah. Yeah, That's how you do it. I'd play to my strengths. Um, I just want to say while we're sort of unpacking the lore of this Emmanuel film, that some of the other materials that are featured on Emmanuel.tv, like we we get quite a lot of exposition to the sort of content that they are creating and releasing. And um, it's where they stuff a lot of the comedy in the film into it. And my favorite was we'd seen it in a different Emmanuel through time film, but never like this. American Orgasm, which is yes. it's like an orgasm performance guessing and coaching show. So regular Americans submit themselves in front of a panel of judges uh, and perform an orgasm and the judges have to grade it. And I think, I feel like in some of the promotional materials, they had to guess whether or not it was real or not. But in this instance, it just felt like they were judging the performance of the orgasm. And this is it's such, American Idol. Yeah. It's American Idol for coming. A detailed American Idol parody that, in the extended cut of uh, American Orgasm in this film, they even have a panel of judges who all perform like the Simon Cowell, Paula Abdul, and Randy Jackson roles. And like these are bad actors who are doing their best. Um, and the Simon Cowell guy is just some sinister little guy with a, a, a goatee who's saying, I'd rather like suffocate you with a pillow than watch you have an orgasm. Yeah, that's right. Does oh. 
Whoops, there we go. Uh, yes, he does say that. He threatens to kill someone because their fake coming was so bad. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's awful, but it's also, in the context of watching the movie, it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun because they did the work. They make up a fake graphics package, which apes the exact uh, look and feel of American Idol. My hat goes off to them for these little touches. There's so many little touches that they've added yeah. to this film that bring it to life. That makes it so much better than the other six. I guess, how many have we seen in Emmanuel through time now? I think Five? Th- no, no. I think less than that. I'd say three or oh. four. Oh. Yeah, we've got, we got four, work to do. Surely, surely four. I mean, you'd like to think so, but... Maybe I'm getting confused because we saw recently that one that was definitely the last of them and features clips from all of them. Yeah. We've seen the vampire the one. I'm very tired, by the way, everybody. My brain's not working super well because I'm so uh, tired. Because Do you know why? So it- not only is there a, a, a newborn child to tend to, but last night New Zealand had the fucking awesome idea of just stealing an hour away from us. They were like, you know, it would be a funny idea while you're in lockdown. Let's just fucking take an hour off your hands. Daylight savings sucks. It's so stupid. I don't feel that passionately about it. I just, every year I can't get my head around what's actually happening. But I like that it will be light later now. This represents summer. I just think it's a stupid thing we all have to go through every year, twice. Do you know the, do you know the, or, the origins of it? Does this happen farmers? everywhere? It's farmers. Farmers advocated for it because they wanted uh, more sunlight hours to do their toil on their land. How it was explained to me. Who I want I want to know who invented it. It was just farmers, we, a union. Have we seen Emmanuel's supernatural sexual activity? We haven't seen that one, have we? We've not seen that, no. Forbidden Pleasures, I think, was the mashup or the fail army of Emmanuel one. Sexy Bite the Vampire one, we've seen that. We've seen uh, 007 license to fuck Rod, or whatever. Rod Steele, 0014, and the naked agent 0069. So, yeah, that was our fourth one of this series, of which there's seven. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Are you we're s- closing in, though, and we're also going to add definitely uh, the Carry On Emmanuel film, which I'm looking forward to. So what, we're down to four Emmanuels? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I can't wait to masturbate to the um, parody, the Carry On film, after having yeah, man. kept my hand off be- it for every actual porn film. It's going to be a fun wank. In my head, it is a porno that is uh, – the cast is comprised entirely of 75-year-old washed-up British comedy performers. I would love that. Don't you, <laughs> don't you love like a star cameo in anything? I guess I do. No, or maybe, maybe not. Well, in- do you know where I don't know? There is an exception to this rule. Do you know what it is? What? Ocean's 12. Who, they're still talking about how Julia oh, Roberts yeah, looks they like break Julia cinema Roberts. for a bit. Yeah, yeah, that stinks. But like, and you know, if there was a cameo in one of these, or if there's a cameo in um, the Carry On film, you'd love it. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm sure this, there are some big uh, Ron Jeremy's the cameo. This one really featuring in the yeah Ron. Jer- we all it's weird that we all know who Ron Jeremy is, but we do, and he's in these films, which is also weird. I don't know who the carry on people are but i assume for especially british people of a certain age it'd be 
wall-to-wall appearances, mm. famous step-ins, but I just don't understand the context of who these people are and their careers. I. So I have nothing to look forward to, guy. Well, if you're talking about cameos, I suppose my performance in uh, some of the Emmanuel films must have been to your liking, Tim. Literally forgot you appear on every episode, George Lazenby. A pleasure to see you. How are you fucking I'm doing? fucking doing pretty well, thanks. How are you doing? I understand you're a recent father, which must have mean you kept it in. Nice. <laughs> George, I'm going to ask you to leave. I've been talking about this movie for too long. No, do you know what? That's actually, that's that's rude of me. I'm not going to do that. That's incredibly rude Make of me. Make your mind up because I would have gone. No, I know. Um, look, Guy and I host you here on the podcast, kind of. You sort of invite yourself in. But I, I think if you go to the effort of showing up, the least Guy Montgomery and Tim Bat can do is uh, entertain you for a moment or two with a pitch of a porno. Yeah, and um, I've got an idea for you. Uh, okay, imagine this. A, a, a tree, like a, a an oak. How do you plant an oak tree? Is it with a seed? Uh, a nut? Acorns. An acorn? Right. An acorn is fused with human DNA. Come. <clears throat> so it's like an acorn that's on the ground, and then all of a sudden it's... um. It's half acorn, half potential person, and it takes seed in the ground and grows. Mm-hmm. And it grows like to be, well, it's, it's, it's half tree, half person. Mm-hmm. And it's horny. Mm-hmm. And if you climb it, you come. Mm-hmm. And does the tree come? Oh, yeah, the tree comes. Any thoughts, Tim? Uh, sorry, I was just. Um, I think it's like me personally. I think it's good. I, I think it's a real strong premise. I didn't see Tree of Life, but I assume that's what that movie is loosely about as well. Yeah, I haven't seen Tree of Life either. But if it's already been made, we'll have to think of something else. No, 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 no. It's just more nakedness in that and fucking in that movie. Maybe the the tree could be at the entrance to a football stadium where they have the lights in a very specific way that cast multiple shadows around the players. Yeah, sure, man. It's still held up on Shadowplay. I love that. Well, here's the thing about Shadowplay. That could be a franchise easily. So we could, in the same way that Emmanuel through time has these different seven bites of the same apple, we could keep sort of, uh, uh, you know, different approaches to the same concept of the beautiful um, sexual shadows, you know, through a different lens. I am swimming in merchandising ideas. Boys, I love it. I need to go to my architectural firm and draw up some blueprints for um, puppets, Lego sets, rulers, pencil cases, lunchboxes, vehicles, shoes, hats, Backpacks, roller skates, uh, Bluetooth speakers, uh, bath toys, uh, chairs, beanbags, pillows, bed sets, bed frames, clothes. Yeah, we get it, George. You, you want to? You make know what merch. I find incredible about this, George, is that you've gone to an architectural firm for this, and yet the one thing you're not designing are buildings. <laughs> 
Oh, I can't design buildings. They're too hard. I see. All right, George. Thanks a lot, mate. Great to see you, George Lazenby. Thanks for stopping in and thank you for your enthusiasm. Thanks for the ideas. Trying to um, express a little more gratitude for our guests, Guy. I love them coming in. They inject love and light into our episodes and uh, it's always a joy to see them. Except when it isn't, and in which case, sometimes it's very grisly. Yeah, they are real sort of hit or miss, hot and cold type of guys, but one thing they certainly are is sometimes here. Can I tell you, I recently found George Lazenby on Twitter, which I might have done when we first started talking about him. That guy has less than 10,000 followers and is still absolutely and solely dining out on his one James Bond movie, and it made me... Really fucking sad. Should we see if we can get him on the podcast? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I guess we do need to do that. <laughs> he, he's got his agent listed. He's represented by Anders. Oh, this looks Icelandic. F-R-E-J-D-H. Oh, maybe it's Welsh. I don't know. Uh, talent Management AB. They manage an international array of talent, guiding them in all matters, including licensing, sponsorship, and personal appearances. And that Twitter account is based in Stockholm and has 104 followers. I would like to see who else is on the books. <laughs> well, don't, don't target these threads too hard, Tim, because you never know where they'll lead you. Um, I can tell you that their website does not have a HTTPS secure certificate. Uh, George Lazenby is very prominently on the front, which makes me think he might be their star player. Oh, wow. Anders is the CEO of his own company. This, these are the things that the front page is telling me. Uh, he's also the CEO of a consulting firm. He has a Bachelor of Business Administration, a Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering, and is a self-described James Bond expert. Oh, wow. You can get George Lazenby as James Bond masks. Jesus. Truly a product for this time. Wow, that is that is interesting. There's George Lazenby official merchandise you can get a George Lazenby mask for COVID. <laughs> okay, guy, guess what you're getting for your birthday that's coming up in three days, which won't be delivered for about three months probably? Uh, is it a George Lazenby as James Bond mask? Nope. You're getting a mask and a hat and a T-shirt. Holy shit. I'll be the fucking... <laughs> I'll be walking around town asking if people have any ideas for pornographic films in no time. Man, I hope that they ship internationally. Who is buying this? Uh, All right, Tim, this episode's been far too long. Tim I back. get it. All right, we're out of here. Yeah, did you do a shining light? Um, my shining light's Renee again. Okay, my second shining light to cover the fact that you just are in love with this woman is the three actors who, like, when the um, slick TV Emmanuel TV host has to improvise, there are three actors playing like the crew in blue t-shirts. Who are? It's the worst performance I've seen ever, <laughs> and they are they are, are, are a real joy to be around. 
real pros on set. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks to you, Tim, for watching. You're welcome, guy. It's my mm, duty, and I'll, to do I'll so. we'll see you. We'll talk. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up. Soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.